Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. It's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today I'm with Austin King. How are you, Austin? Doing well, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on, man. It's a pleasure to hear. It's been a long time, man. Me and Austin actually go back in high school. So that's like, I reached out to him and I'm glad he's doing this uh, podcast today with me. And then before we start, I got to do some quick housekeeping items real quick. So we'll do that. Also, as you know, guys, we have t-shirts on teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. We got men's and women's frames, hashtag frame chaser shirts in black with white lettering, ranging from about $20 to about $25.99 for that tri-blend t-shirt. They're really soft. They're really comfy. I won't lie to you. I love them. Even if you even make a store for yourself and buy a shirt or two to wear and promote for yourself. You'll really enjoy the fabrics of the shirt. Not gonna lie, uh, you got crew neck and V neck shirts. They're ready. Um, they're ready to rock and roll to your door today. And then last bit of housekeeping, but we're gonna try something different. And if you want to help uh, to keep the sh- well, if you want to help the show keep going, there are a few forms of donations that uh, you can do. We have um, to do first. So we have a PayPal.me slash CTF podcast. The cash app at jdemarco3, that's J-D-I-M-A-R-C-O-3, and then also we are accepting Litecoin and XRP donations on the YouTube, so we keep keeping the good faith into cryptocurrency because, hey, it's the future, let's be honest, let's be real about it, plus it doesn't have to be a whole Litecoin or right now, or XPR's dirt cheap, it's under 30 cents at the moment of this recording on about February something, um, so it might be a little higher, but I don't need whole pieces, guys, you can give me like... Uh, like a $10 or whatever it is or whatever you want to feel comfortable with. Again, I don't care as long as you're enjoying this podcast. That's all that really matters to me. Again, guys, you can also go through anchor for donations there as well. So let's get ready. Let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today. So Austin, first question I ask everyone, where are you from originally? So I'm actually from uh, Somerset, New Jersey. That's where I was born and raised, mm-hmm. um, which is for people who don't really, or aren't from New Jersey. That's probably about like, 10 minute drive from Rutgers university, mm-hmm. which, uh, most people are pretty well known, uh, or, uh, know about. Yes. People do know about that. I've only, uh, we have a Rutgers club of, uh, 
of Las Vegas out here, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's a pretty far reach, apparently. Um, so second question is for you, is what is the movie, TV show, actor, director, writer, anything that was creative that inspired you and you said to yourself one day, I want to do this? Oh, man, that's, that's a tough question. Um, I would say it was less about TV shows and movies mm-hmm. and just more so about... Um, me always wanting to pick up a camera yeah. when I was at family events mm-hmm. or, you know, I would go to Best Buy with like my dad and I would get, I would just completely geek out on everything yeah. that was in the store, electronics. Yeah. Um, I, like my parents always said from a young age, I had an expensive taste when it comes <laughs> to like getting like, you know, receiving gifts and things like my brothers would ask for like, you know, like Pokemon cards and, and this or video games yeah. and that kind of stuff. And like, I would want, you know, all the tech, like give me all the latest and greatest technology, yeah. whether it's, you know, cameras or uh, headphones or whatever it is. So I think, I think it was less of, of an influence um, watching like television shows and yeah. movies. Cause I just did that for like pure enjoyment yeah. um, and more so of me just kind of like, you know, loving tech and always wanting to be around it and picking up a camera and filming. So you are the first person with that answer has been on the show. <laughs> and I've done 40, 40 plus episodes so far. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I feel like, like, you know what? I might've been the same way now. <laughs> Think about it. Cause I love tech also, even though I love movies, like I was more enjoyment and just the tech of the the camera. So, I mean, holy shit. I'm now re- rethinking my whole life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I get that question or that conversation comes up a lot in this yeah. industry. And it's always, it's a lot about, you know, what movie sh- or oh, yeah. show do you relate to and, and who are your like mm-hmm. favorite influencers in that space? And like, obviously like I've grown to, you know, be into that kind of stuff. But, yeah. You know, at, at an early age, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, during that early age, um, did you like, did you have a camcorder that you can play around with and stuff like that? Did you ever get your hands on the camcorder as a child and, you know, film the family events that you want to do and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of grew up through that, mm-hmm. that evolution of, of the camcorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so like at a younger age, they were a lot bigger <laughs> through <laughs> yes. the years. They got a lot smaller um and i think the most it was mostly on like mini dv camcorders oh yes um <laughs> which were the which were great and it was always just you know your your rock and roller zoom and, and just uh handheld just kind of filming whatever i could film at yeah. that age and then it kind of like evolved into uh a, a camcorder to use for like high school pro- video projects yeah. which i loved doing um and then kind of just took off from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, did now when you had the camera running around, you said were you filming? Were you also filming like stuff with your friends in that regard, like making mini movies as well, or not so much with my friends? Yeah. Um, at the time, but I think like the really the first time that I actually filmed something outside of a home movie was it wasn't until high school, really. I don't mm-hmm. think that. Yeah, it was actually um, at Bishop Bar. Um, mm-hmm. So we go back, I could say that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was uh, one of my religion classes. Oh, Mr. Riley's like class. It was, yeah, it was Mr. Yeah. Riley's class. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we did a video project there and I was like, so into it. Um, that was a fun project. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for sure. Um, so, so then in high school you, you did that and then does it spark more of your interest to pick, pursue this career in, in uh, college? Because when we went to school together, we never really, I mean, I only we hung out as much we were in classes together and stuff like that, but I didn't know that you were into film and shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't. I still wasn't at that time. Yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was really mm-hmm. into sports when I was at Bishop Bar. Yeah. I was focusing on, on that a lot. And, um, and I, I just wasn't like, I had a hard time even picking a college. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know the direction. I didn't yeah. know if I wanted to stay in state, go out of state. Um, there was just so many question marks and yeah. that kind of continued. I ended up going to Seton Hall University, okay. um, which, which is in South Orange, um, in Jersey. And, um, when I started there, I actually started as a, um, uh, undecided major, mm-hmm. but then declared as a sports management major. Oh, wow. Um, cause I thought maybe I could combine my love for sports, um, yeah. kind of continue to go down that path, but then quickly realized that, um, it just kind of started to take the love I had for sports away because yeah. everybody who I was with, it was all about like numbers and stats and history and yeah. all this stuff. And I just like became so consumed in it that it's like, you, it's hard to dis- disconnect yourself um, from all that. And it kind of was like, man, this is not something that I really wanted to do. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so from there, I kind of just, um, I, I remember like, sitting down with my dad at one point mm-hmm. and I was just like, I don't like, I can't figure out for the life of me what I want to do. And like, we got to figure this out. Cause like, I'm already a freshman and yeah. I need to figure out a path and I don't want to like waste money here, obviously. So, um, so me and my dad, I remember like we literally went to Seton Hall's website when I was already a freshman there mm-hmm. and we went to like the ma- the list of majors <laughs> and we literally went like down the list one by one. And we were like, you know, can I do this? Would I be good at this? Would I love it? You know? Yeah. And, uh, so that was like a really interesting thing. And I think towards the very bottom of the list was, was communications and, um, broadcasting. And then, okay. you know, my dad like turned to me and he's like, I mean, you've always loved technology and you've always been happy, like with a camera in your hand and like all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I never really would have thought to like go to school for that, but, um, but I was like, I mean, it can't hurt to give it a try. So yeah. I ended up taking a class and, uh, and I just started to fall in love with it. I think it was an intro to TV production oh, nice. um, class. And, uh, and it's just been history from there, man. Yeah. It's just nonstop. So now yeah. I, I just went to Seton Hall website because I want to, uh, I want to look because I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So, um, you went to the college of communications and art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then did you major in communication or did you major in the broadcast and visual media or journalism? So um, it's a communication uh, school yeah. within Seton Hall. Yes. And then the, the major is was broadcasting and visual media with okay. a concentration in TV production. Okay, gotcha. That's like, um, you know, at Rutgers, Mason Gross, Fit Bachelor of Visual Art, uh, Fine Arts, and then Visual Arts is, yeah, same. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, exactly. So, what was the classes like? Like learning and stuff like that. What were you? What were you getting out of that? What did you? Well, yeah. How? Yeah. How did you enjoy those classes? Well, it's it kind of um, the way the program was structured. There, it was a couple of theory classes at first. So, like, yeah. you really had to learn the theory of it. It wasn't very hands on at all. But um, during that period, 
you were also able to take your first like intro to TV production class, which is completely hands-on. And that's when I realized that I really love this because um, the theory classes are great and everything, but I feel like until you have a, an appreciation of, of getting your hands on the cameras mm-hmm. or editing or producing, directing, like you can't really, yeah. it's hard to appreciate the theory side of it if you don't like kind of understand mm-hmm. the technical side of it. I, I mean, in my opinion, so um yeah, I, I so agree yeah, with I think you. the intro. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So I think the intro to TV production class, while it's like it, it was very, uh, Seton Hall didn't have the best equipment. Like, let's be honest, yeah. they were still in, they were still working in SD at mm-hmm. that time. Um, but like, it was good to figure out which direction kind of wanted to go in. Yeah. Like, I think it was at that point where. You know, I was filming, yeah. uh, you do it all, right? You yeah, film, yeah. direct, you produce, you, you edit. Um, and so at that point, all me and all my classmates, you know, you kind of start to see like which direction everybody kind of is really interested in or mm-hmm. naturally better at or whatever. And I mean, I think I was really like the only one, maybe one other classmate of mine that gravitated towards editing. Okay. And, um, everyone else really like either wanted to film or, you know, produce or, you know, run the, you know, technical director, whatever it is. Mm. And, um, everyone else just seemed to hate editing so much, (laughs) like with a passion, like it's like, whenever it came time to edit, they would just throw stuff on me. They're like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to waste my time. (laughs) Hey buddy, uh, can you just do this for me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, And it's funny because like, to this day, there's still so many people in the industry that are like that. Like they just yeah. despise editing, and and it's always been the exact opposite for me. I think up to this point in my career, I can say that um, editing has always been mm-hmm. um, the biggest had the biggest influence on me, and um, and I really, really, really enjoy that part of the process. Were you guys doing Avid or Final Cut at that time in college? Because I mean, um, at Rutgers, we were all Final Cut. So I don't know what you guys were at Seton Hall. Did you have, did you have Avid at all or no? Yeah, no, we did not have Avid. We were working off of Final Cut 7. Okay, yeah, time. same, yeah. Uh, I missed that yeah, program. That's what I learned on, and I, I think it was a great program to yeah, learn on, for it, sure. It was. I, I want to know your thoughts, and, uh, your thoughts and feelings about Final Cut X or Final Cut 10. That's when I made the switch to Premiere, so I think that oh, okay. probably says it all. Yeah. Uh, but I feel yeah, it. It, maybe it was just too different for, for me. It was yeah. too big of a jump, in my yeah. opinion, from from um, the UI of, of seven and then yeah. jumping to X. To kind of um, so, and then at the time, I think I think if I would have ended up with a company or freelancing with a company that had X, then yeah. maybe that would have been a different story. But it just kind of happened that. During that switch, I started to freelance for a company that was running off of Premiere. So okay. it was kind of more of a natural, a natural switch for me. And then yeah, I yeah. never had to, I just never had the chance to, to really work with X. Oh, okay. Like that. You so, should, I mean, I yeah. don't know if you have a Mac or anything, but you should give it, just give it a chance. I think the, I think I personally like the multicam editing in that better than Premiere. Mm-hmm. So if you ever do multicam stuff, I, I maybe just try it for, if you ever want to try it, I'm not trying, saying to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> if you want to don't, don't force it on me I'm not, I'm not trying to force anything on you I just want to say like you know X has gotten better in the last like you know ten, five years or whatever however long it's been out now like 10 maybe almost I think yeah yeah I've heard I mean I've definitely heard um, good things I I really think it's it's dependent upon the, the editor I, well, I too, would yeah. never like dis- discourage anyone from 
using any editing platform yeah. that that works for them. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think they all have their, their pros and cons for yeah. sure. No, so definitely. I would never be opposed to trying it for sure. Have you tried DaVinci's yet? The DaVinci uh, editing whole package or have you just done the, have you done coloring in DaVinci at all? Yeah, I've done some coloring in DaVinci, but um, I've actually never used the, their editing programs. I've only used mm. Final Cut 7, Premiere and Avid. Okay. So those are the only three that I've, that I've tried. How do you like Avid by the way? Just to, I know we're, it's a little off tangent, but I just want, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, it's it's been interesting because I, I I literally learned Avid um, like within the past two years mm-hmm. um, because I've I've just never had the opportunity at a at a company who works off of Avid. Yeah, it's always been it's been mostly Premiere, honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that I've come across. But um, the uh, the Carolina Panthers here in Charlotte they work off of Avid, so I, I switched over to that and. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It was it was a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Um, obviously, it helps. I think once you know really how to edit and and the theory behind it, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it makes it pretty easy to to edit on anything. But, yeah. Um, but I think like growing up, I was never trained with hotkeys and, and yeah, as a yeah. keyboard editor. I was almost trained as a mouse editor, and I feel like that's that's becoming more of a trend now with, with younger generations uh, whereas the older generations were always just keyboard editors so it's been really interesting to work with um an older crew at at the panthers and and some other companies Mm -hmm. and just kind of like learning from them and how they were taught um on you know linear editing systems Mm -hmm. and and actually like lesson film and, and, uh, and then transitioning to just straight keyboard editors. So that's kind of avid is very much a keyboard editing um, uh, system. And so it, it really suits people um, in that regard. So I kind of, well, it's kind of cool because now I've been, tra- I'm, you know, I've been training up on it and, yeah. uh, and I'm kind of really liking the, the keyboard editing style. So. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I have only a few handful of hotkeys. I'm still a mouse editor. I can't, I can't can't not use not do that hotkey stuff. I feel like I'm not controlling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is a learning curve. Yeah, um, and I do think that like Avid is very technical based. So like mm-hmm. every function that there was on a linear machine editing machine, um, you have the same exact functions on the nonlinear system. Yeah. So I think it, it sometimes get a little, gets a little clunky and complicated, whereas um, Premiere or Final Cut, who started as nonlinear, um, kind of, I, I feel, have better mm-hmm. interfaces and are more um, intuitive and friendly for, for editors. And I think yeah. Avid's kind of going in that direction with their latest yeah. um, update. They kind of completely redesigned their software. Yeah, I did, I did see that, more, yeah. Yeah, it makes it much more like, um, Premiere. I haven't edited off of that yet because yeah. uh, the Panthers are still on the old version. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's becoming, it's kind of getting closer and closer to what, what Premiere and Final Cut are like. So. Mm-hmm. so going back to college, you're in college, you're doing, you love editing, you're doing all that stuff. So what happened, I guess, after college? Because uh, actually, did you do any like fun side projects during college? Is there any memorable standout projects that were fun for you that really, um, have a special place in your heart? Yeah. I mean, I think there's always, it's like if, if you went to college for broadcasting, yeah. there's always going to be like those, 
those class projects that stick out as like these are awesome and really fun to do. I think a lot of people have similar experiences in that regard. Yeah. Like I, I'll still like go back and watch some of my college projects on YouTube just to like remind myself of of where I came yeah. from almost and and like how I did things back then and how I've grown. Yeah. Um, but they're they're always really fun. But I think um, going to Seton Hall, the the best thing I could say about Seton Hall is how good they are at getting their communication students internships. Oh yeah. And um, yeah. And like, I, I think a lot of my <laughs> early success was, was because of that. Um, my sophomore year, I had my first internship with news 12, New Jersey. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And, and I think they seen all didn't allow students to, to intern until your juniors, but, oh. um, and I, I forget how I finagled it, but I ended up, <laughs> I think it was because I, at the time I still wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. So I was like, yeah. I really, really want to get an internship and get my hands on something to see if like, I really like this or not. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So I ended up interning there and it was a really good experience. I kind of just helped out, um, you know, the, the camera crews yeah. and the reporters, uh, just as pretty much as a PA. Yeah. And, uh, and then from there I, I really, I really liked, the idea of it. I mean, I wasn't crazy about news because like yeah. to me, it was like super depressing yeah. every day when, once you see like all the bad in the world, which you could probably relate to. Yeah. <laughs> that, thanks for um, reminding me about that. I kind of just shut my brain off every time I go, I go, I go, I go home. <laughs> I don't even I'm watch sure the news. I'm numb to it. Yeah. I, I am now exactly. really numb to it. I don't even watch the news. Like I think all the only news I really get is the news when I'm in the newsroom and I'm seeing all the TVs and then I go home and I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go play some PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so you definitely became numb to it. <laughs> yeah. But for me, as like a sophomore uh, in college, yeah. and I had never really watched the news too much prior to that anyway. Yeah. So like to be around that 24 seven was, it was a little depressing. Not yeah. gonna lie. But, no, uh, I, I'm but sorry. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I really love the idea yeah. of production at that time. And I was like, I definitely want to do this. Mm -hmm. So um, I ended up just continuing with mm -hmm. it. And then my um, junior year, I believe, I interned with the uh, the New York Giants. Oh, wow. That's really and, cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it was such a great experience yeah. um, because I actually was able to just kind of do a, a little bit of everything there. They mm -hmm. had their internal production department. Yeah. Um, and which was really unique, I think, at the time, because not a lot of teams were doing that. Yeah. Oh, and they were actually using like. You, unique as in like not anyone had a production team or like not unique as in what they were doing. I think people. Yeah, no, I think a lot of um, teams would like either subcontract or, oh, okay. you know, bring in people. And the Giants like had this. And this was, they were actually using an outside company, but they acted as an internal production uh -huh. agency. Like they, they had a studio mm -hmm. right in their practice facilities where they did sh post game shows and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, I could be wrong. I'm sure other teams had it, but this just seemed like it was a really good opportunity for interns to learn um, uh -huh. because it was a very small department um, and very hands on. So um, I really enjoyed just kind of helping out with a little bit of everything. It was a lot of PAing, um, but then I also, you know, was able to get my hands on a camera and, yeah. and film oh, a little cool. bit on field for, yeah. for all the home games. And, um, 
and then do some editing for like post game pressers and interviews and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff will go out onto like giants.com. And, yeah. Did you, um, did you say you filmed, the home, you filmed the home games? Like you were on the actual field and stuff like that? Like then that, in yeah, that I was on the field for, Oh wow. Yeah. I was on the field for, for all the home games. I wasn't filming game action at the yeah. time. I was, oh, okay. Um, I was filming more um, fan reactions oh, okay. and also some like sponsorship that would go out on the boards so that the sponsors could see like mm. what was actually being shown in stadium if they weren't there. And that oh, kind okay. Of stuff. So, gotcha. Um, what was that like though? Like that must've been like a really, I'm sorry I cut you off on that, but what was that? What was that like? Even though I, just doing that, like what was the atmosphere in that regard? I mean, I know it's just like shooting fan reactions and stuff and not the, on the, on the field field, but still it's on the field in a sense, right? You, you being there yeah no absolutely i mean i think it was it was just a blessing really yeah. i mean it, it, at that time it's like i loved sports and i loved video production mm-hmm. to be able to get that opportunity while i was still in college to to work with this team that ended up going on and, and winning the super bowl that year that i was oh my and i like to say oh my i like God. to say that was partly because of me but yeah, it, was... it, it had nothing to do with me but uh and no, it's uh, all you it's all you dude your energy just, just yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh no it was just a great time i mean there was like a handful of us as as uh interns there we were all around the same age and um and we just had a ball i mean really yeah. like it was just a really fun time and even the the full-time workers there were, were young mm-hmm. and are fairly fairly young and, and very relatable and um it was just great. I learned so much there and to be on the field for all the home games, it, it kind of made it hard for me to ever like pay for an NFL ticket again, because <laughs> I was working all these games for, for free and being on the field. And I was so close to the action that like, then after I stopped the internship, I was like, Oh man, I have to pay a hundred dollars to sit on in the, in the nosebleeds. I'm yeah. like, I don't even want to do that. Like, so, <laughs> You're the best uh, season in the house. Now, yeah, exactly. Now, so it was a lot of fun. It was really rewarding. And I think it helped Helped me a ton in my career. So. Nice. So um, yeah. after those the in- wonderful internships, um, and then ha- what happened after college then? Or actually, did you have a thesis to do? Did you do any thesis like where you had to do a final project or anything of that nature in college? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um, and it was kind of just like you can create whatever you want. I forget the exact like, like syllabus on like what we had to – deliver but i ended up doing um like a really short tv show almost okay um it was it was pretty much like reality style i ended up doing um similar to the office mm-hmm. but about like a sports team okay and, um yeah but it was like a comedy yeah and you know i pretty much got all my friends involved and um i think it's called more than a game or something like that and it was just uh, about like an intramural basketball team and, and their journey to like the championship. And, uh, <laughs> I, like this. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it was like any, any typical college yeah. uh, video project. It went in 8 million directions. Yeah. Um, and it was just fun. So, uh, yeah, I still watch that from time to time. Oh, but, sure. uh, I kind of want to see this. I kind of want to see, you should pitch this as a, you should pitch this as a show to some network, dude. It, it would have worked, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I should. I'll definitely send it to you. Yeah, yeah. let me see it. It was hilarious. So, uh, what happened after college then? Well, how was it like finding a job? Because I mean, you had like wonderful internships on your resume. So, was it hard to find one, or was it like not not hard? Yeah, 
Well, I was finding that it was hard to find a full-time job, which is what I really wanted because I had, you know, even when I was at CNN Hall, I was freelancing um, in the city and I was, I was just realizing I freelanced in the city for like two years. um, And it was just a pain because Mm. the commute was so horrible, like from Jersey. Yeah. It's, you know, like what were you doing freelancing in the city? So. What were you doing? Like, were you do, what were you doing freelancing in the city? Like, what so kind of jobs? I started as a yeah, I started as a PA for mm. um, the Tim McCarver show, which is it was like um, it's a sports talk show essentially, okay. and um, it was being filmed at uh, Penn Studios, which is literally right across from um, Penn Station. Yeah. And, uh, which was nice for the commute because they yeah. just have to walk across the street once I take the train in. Easy. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was just pretty much helping out. I was mm. pulling archives from, from tapes for the shows and, uh, timing it out. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Just typical, um, PA duties, yeah. which was, which was fun because uh, some of the connections I had there, um, uh, were also connections I had made at the Giants. So there mm. was, there was some overlap there at the time. Oh, good. Um, yeah, which was nice. And then from there, I ended up getting a um, my first assistant editing job at um, a post house called Humble in New York City, which is in the Chelsea area. Oh, cool. And uh, I worked, yeah, and that was a really cool experience because I loved editing. Yeah. And um, so that was like my first like professional job in the editing world. Yeah. What was the and assistant? That was on, um, oh, my gosh. That was- yeah, it was a. Uh, so many questions now. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, it was an AE position for yeah. um, a Dick Sporting Goods. Oh, cool job! It was yeah. They had like, I think they were following a high school, a really really good high school football program. Um, football program in man, I forget. I think it was uh, Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, so they had a camera crew go out, go out there and kind of just do like documentary style. Yeah. Um, filming on this high school team and and they kind of it was just dick sporting good branded pretty much it ended up being a web series that went out on on youtube um oh, but cool. it was it was a lot of fun oh yeah, man what was it like sure. assistant editing like like what was the workflow where were you used to the work did you learn any of that style of workflow in college was it easy to get to know that workflow because i know assistant editing have very specific jobs and what an editor does too in that regard because you're just what logging and stuff mostly yeah, I actually, well, I started as a logger mm. there at that post house for a couple months and that I was just literally logging mm-hmm. um, and transcribing uh, interviews and that kind of stuff for, for the producers so they can just go out, print all the documents out. They're literally like circle and highlight the sound bites that they yeah. like. And then it makes it really easy for the um, AEs and editors to, to just kind of get right into it. Yeah. Um, and then from there... Uh, I was really pushing an AE position, so uh, they ended up giving that to me, yeah. and um, and that yeah, that was just a lot of organizing. Yeah. I mean, being an AE is just all about organization, yeah. and it's it's you know, or it's really you're organizing projects for the editors. Yeah, and, are you are you um, more organizing the bins or the timelines? How does that really work? That's yeah, it was, it was creating like bins, but it was also, you know, syncing footage mm-hmm. um, and then like pulling selects and gotcha. separating that for, for editors. It was mostly bin work. Yeah. And then um, some of it was 
um, like I would create an editor would need like a vignette on um, like atmosphere or gnats or anything yeah. like that. And I would just kind of create um, timeline vignettes of, of that stuff that they can just go into and, and pull from and that kind of thing. So it was really just getting, getting a project um, to a point where an editor can come in and literally start cutting like an episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Easy. But fun. Uh, so you did that. And then what else did you do after that? Did you have any more freelance work or like you, then you um, were looking for the job still? Cause you were saying the freelance work was yeah. during scene hall. Yeah. Well, some of it was during uh seat and all. And then mm-hmm. once I graduated, I ended up connecting with um, a company called uh, hurricane Productions, which is, um, they're actually like an audio video, like an AV company, essentially a DJ company for, yeah. um, events, you know, weddings, sweet yeah. teams, um, that kind of stuff. And I connected with them and, um, actually started going down that road mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I just had so much fun with, with those guys. They were, the two owners were both under 30 at the time. Um, yeah. and they were Rutgers grads and nice. one was a DJ, one was an MC and they started this company when they were 16 and when they were still at or 16, 17, they were at Rutgers, um, at mm. the time that they started it. And, um, and they just like blew up. I mean, they oh, had wow. so many connections through Rutgers and family friends and this like entertainment company just hit the ground running. And I think that's a big part of, uh, you know, it's, I think it's due to both the owners, Strato and Vincent, you know, mm-hmm. they're just one's a tech genius and the other one's just a big time entrepreneur. And, yeah. and they just kind of took this company from, from nothing and, and blew it up to what it is now, which is, you know, they still have hurricane productions, which yeah. does all the live event production, but they also have, um, a company called media cutlet, yeah. which is, um, which is all of your, it's pretty much like an, like an agency okay. marketing agency. Um, mm-hmm. so they'll do a lot of, uh, video production, you know, B2B and, yeah. uh, and that kind of stuff, which is what I kind of took over when I, when I started there. Yeah. Essentially. So. so what was that like taking that over that, like, did you help grow that more or did you, you know? Yeah, it was, um, I think like that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me in my career was mm-hmm. working for those two companies and those guys. Yeah. Um, I was, I was there for at least five years to see oh, wow. those two yeah. companies. Um, and I mean, I knew, I always knew that I didn't want to film weddings and sweet 16s. Um, I just never enjoyed that. Uh, I yeah. think it was like, it, it was, it was just, always too much run and gun and there was never enough time to plan things out or be yeah. as creative as you wanted to in that space. And I, I just was never drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of did it because, um, I loved working with those guys and they had always given people like me a chance to be creative. And, and I, I always say like, I mean, for people listening in New Jersey who are trying to get into the video or, mm-hmm or just looking to go in a different direction, like I would totally suggest looking up hurricane productions or yeah. media cutlet and, and connecting with those guys because 
they put so much focus on making that company a breeding ground for top talent, creative mm-hmm. talent in that area. Um, that like there, there's nothing better than that in our field. You, you I mean, you know that better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, I think it's just so important to have an experience like that where you kind of just have the support to just go off in any direction, be it creative as you want, um, suggest things. Yeah. Um, I like, like I, I'll never forget. I, I suggested making a promo video for media cutlet. Cause I was kind of at the ground floor of that. Like when they actually created it, okay. so I was a part of that whole process of taking that brand off the ground. Yeah. And, um, and they kind of just gave me the keys to it and they were like, Hey, run with this. And, um, and so I, I pitched a promo video cause like we were so busy always creating stuff for other clients. I think we kind of in the beginning lost sight of, you know, creating our own brand and making sure that, that our brand, um, is a success and, mm-hmm. and reaches people. So I, I pitched this promo video and, um, we like the, you know, media cutlet. We were kind of playing off of the chicken cutlet idea yeah. and making it like food oriented and, and making drawing parallels between like cooking and creating video. Yeah. And so I kind of, you know, pitch this idea to them of, you know, I, I wrote a script out of, you know, creating those two parallels between, you know, cooking and video. And, and we ended up, you know, they gave me a, a, you know, pretty significant budget for where we were at the time. And they put, you know, their trust in me and huh. they're like, run with it. So I ended up uh, renting out like a kitchen in Hoboken and hiring a whole freelance staff. And, you know, we, we had so much fun making this, this promo video and it ended up being, I think really successful because the company just c- continued to, to grow and, and evolve and, um, you know, stuff like that is just, it's just huge for, yeah. for uh creative talent to be able to run with ideas. I think you do most of your learning at times like that. For yeah. Sure. That's awesome. Um, can I find that promo online? Is it possible to see that promo? Is it on the website? Yeah. I actually don't know if it's still on the website. I'll okay. have to look, but I mean, I'm it's probably definitely there. Um, if you just go to media cutlet, um, dot com, it's just media and then C U T L E T dot com. Right. Um, I'm not sure if it's, it's still there or not, but yeah, I'll check. it's definitely on their like Vimeo page and stuff like okay. that. It, yeah. Actually now that I'm looking at it, it's still there. So All right, yeah, I'll... it's just on their, um, on their page. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Definitely. Oh yeah. I see you. Hey, see you on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, we made it. <laughs> so you did that for five years working at media cutlet and hurricane productions or hurricane productions and media cutlet, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of, it was combined. I mean, yeah. I was, I was considered the media director of both of those companies at the oh. time. So I was pretty much responsible yeah. for everything video yeah. that came out of that company, yeah. obviously with the help of Strato and Vincent, the two owners. But, yeah. um, but so that, that was just a lot of fun because on the media cutlet side of things, which is where my passion lied specifically, um, we were able to do a lot of work with Rutgers university because of the owner's close ties to the university. Yeah. So we did, um, a lot of work for, uh, Rutgers football program and, uh, basketball program. So we did like the hype videos for basketball or hype videos, intro videos for, for basketball and for football. I would be at the games all the game days and I would film like tailgating fan experience, uh, oh, cool. players running out of the tunnel and that kind of, and you know, on field game action. Mm-hmm. And then I would, um, like go into the locker room at halftime or, um, the, the bunker, they call it at halftime yeah. where the media goes and, uh, and edit, 
you know, a quick like one minute fan experience slash game action highlight that they would throw up on the jumbotrons in like mm. the third or fourth quarter. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, and then we also did a lot of commercials and PSAs for yeah. several academic departments at Rutgers. So Rutgers was a big, uh, a huge client for us at yeah. the time. But it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And then, um, so what happened after Media Cutler? What what you do? Because are you just, you're not there now, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm not there now. Um, <clears throat> I think it just there came a point um, when I was at Media Cutler that I just got the itch to kind of you know, go off and give something else a try. Yeah. Um, because once you're, you know, with a company for, for so long, you just kind of want to see like what it would be like to work with, um, other people and, and mm-hmm. see how much you, you've grown there. And, you know, it's just nice to take your talents and, and kind of apply them in, in different ways. I've always liked to do that. I thought um, you were going to go with the LeBron James, uh, line of, uh, I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. <laughs> I should have. It was a missed opportunity on my part. It was, but um, I, I, I won't be mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I ended up starting to apply to a couple companies. Yeah. Um, around New Jersey, uh, I was looking at least, and um, I ended up applying to a company called Raycom Media. Okay. And I thought it, I thought it was in New Jersey. It was a it was for an editing position, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and then I I was at my brother's um, my younger brother's college graduation in Arizona, and I got okay. a call <laughs> from this guy Brad, and yeah. he uh, he was like, "Hey, you know, I'm from Raycom Media. I'm just wondering if you're still interested in the position." Mm. And he starts to explain it a little bit more, and he said that the position is in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh oh, like I, I didn't even. I was like, to be honest with you, I didn't realize this position was even in Charlotte. I thought yeah. it was in New Jersey. I must have like misread. <laughs> the application the nc uh, looking at nj <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's probably where the mix-up was <laughs> and uh so we kept on talking on the phone we were hitting it off and yeah. uh i was like hey like i mean i'm i'm a young single guy like i'm not opposed yeah. to, to moving but like at the same time you would have to be okay with you know the relocation having me me come down there from jersey you know yeah. what i mean so yeah. um and he was like yeah that's totally fine so it ended up it ended up working out because at the time I actually had a job the following week or two mm-hmm. that was in North in Charlotte, North oh, Carolina for yeah. my current role with media Cutlet. Yeah. So I was able to uh, actually interview with them mm-hmm. um, during that time that I was there. I had some downtime. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So I interviewed and it went well and, mm-hmm. and now I'm, now I'm here. Nice. <laughs> did you also, after that interview, did you like start going apartment hunting or something like that? Just to like, just in case, like, all right, if the guy gives me the job, I better at least have an idea of where I'm going to move. Were you like thinking about that at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely tough because I had never, yeah. that was my first time in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, so once, once they offered me the job, I think I had like 24 hours to make a decision. Yeah which was really difficult because I mean, I, I loved working for media Cutlet and, yeah, yeah. and hurricane. Like I love, I love those guys. We had so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a ping pong table and a kegerator and all. Oh my like, gosh. The culture there, the culture there was just incredible. And it was in downtown Red Bank, which oh, is nice. an awesome area. Yeah. I, I worked yeah, there for a hot had, minute actually in downtown Red Bank. Oh, like yeah? at, um, at, when I was, when I, after college, I went, um, I couldn't find a job. So I found this flip book company, I think called flip something. Some, I forgot the name of it. Flip, flip and fun. That's what they were called. I don't know if they're still around, okay. but they made flip books and they're in downtown Red Bank. Oh, nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah it's, so, you know, it's a really cool area. Yeah, it is. Um, 
yeah, so we, I just had so much fun there. So I was really having a hard time because I didn't, I didn't want to leave those guys, but, um, this was also a really good opportunity for me. So that, that was presented. So, uh, I ended up making the decision to make the move and mm. uh, told myself that I could always come back if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, not to, not necessarily to, uh, Hurricane or Media Colors, um, cause I'm sure, you know, they were going to fill that job probably yeah. immediately, but, um, I knew I could always come back to Jersey. So, yeah. you know, I took, I took the jump and, uh, and I'm happy I did it. I've been learning a lot nice. down here with this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been good. Um, what did um, Raycon, right? Raycon Media? Pronounce yeah, it's right. Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-M. What do they specialize in? So Raycon, which is actually there, no longer a thing. Oh, okay. Two weeks after I moved here, they were bought out by a publicly traded company called Gray television like oh, the color. okay and uh yeah so now so now i'm working technically for them but it, it's mm. essentially the same company it was two broadcasting companies that oh. owned uh several local tv stations mm. uh around the country and now they combine to just you know make a bigger force of a yeah. broadcasting company so, gotcha yeah did, did you shit your pants when yep. you found out that they they uh are a different company <laughs> when you got there two weeks after the fact <laughs> I, you bet your ass I did. Yeah, it was uh, it was very very scary being yeah. in that room when we were being told that we were being acquired and that there were going to be layoffs. When I had I wasn't even settled into my my apartment yeah. yet and just signed Holy a shit. you know a fourteen fourteen or fifteen month lease. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> they, so it was, thankfully it worked out. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, I wasn't one of the the layoffs, um, and I was able to you know continue with yeah. it. But, well, yeah, worked out. I would hope I would hope in like a in a um back meeting deal that they like talked to the like when they probably knew already that they're getting bought out and like they said like, you know, anyone that we're hiring up to this point will be technically gray, but we're just gonna tell them it's Ray Raycom. Maybe. Yeah. So Yeah, I think I think it was uh it was interesting because we were the group that I was hired with yeah. was brand new to Raycom. It yeah. was um it's almost like an internal, they wanted to create an internal, uh, agency, uh, creative agency for the company. Um, so it was almost like this was like a test run or we were on like a tryout. Yeah. Um, and if it didn't work out, we would all get nicked. But if it did work out, like then we're in really good position because we're on the ground floor of it type of thing. What's it like doing internal stuff? Like what do you guys do external? Do you guys do any external at all? Like any, I mean, just here or there, or is it just mainly internal then? I mean, obviously it's called internal. Yeah. Well, so essentially what we do is, um, we are, we are part of the vertical sales team almost. So they have right now, currently they have two verticals. It's automotive and Mm -hmm. health. Okay. And, um, so what we're responsible for doing is creating all of the, um, commercials for pretty pretty much all commercial work, Mm -hmm. uh, commercials for our automotive and, and health clients so oh, okay what will happen is yeah so what will happen is um our stations the local stations will go out with the help of our sales team a corporate sales team mm-hmm. and they'll go to uh you know an auto dealer and kind of pitch like hey you know we can you know build this whole package for advertising package for you where you get digital ads made uh a commercial and um and support on the back end yeah. to, to, for for paid 
uh, search and if you're like on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, so our media planners can help out with that regard. And then um, we, they actually, their whole model is we'll provide the production free of cost. Instead, they put that money into um, into the back end for uh, for ad purposes. So gotcha. I, I so they're actually it, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I think I think um uh what was it? Oh my god, I just blanked out on it. But uh, I think I I was like trying to figure out like the the gray television. I'm like, oh, so it's I think I I think I was confused for a second. So gray television. Let me just see if this is correct. Is like let's say Scripps Network, right? In that regard, where like scripts exactly. Owned, okay. exactly. Okay, I was like, yeah. All right, there's all right. Now I'm like, oh, so you're basically like the promotions department at my new station or the commercial uh, department where they go with the salespeople, I believe, and then make the commercials for um, the local companies, right? Is that yeah, it, all right. exactly. And gotcha. We, we okay. actually um, we actually pair with the local um, stations. Yeah. In some regards, if we are like going to an area that we, we can get like some of our crew out to, we'll actually pair with um, some of the uh, video crew at, at local stations as well. So gotcha. Okay, we're cool. pretty closely with them. Cool. Yeah. Get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've been doing that for how many years now? Oh, man. It's, it's been about two years now, which I can't believe. Nice. Um, but I, yeah, I started as an editor mm-hmm. and then I just recently. Um, got promoted to a producer position. So congratulations. I'm, uh, thanks man. So now I'm no longer editing with them, which is kind of hard for me. I'm yeah. not going to lie because I, I love editing so much. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but this has been, uh, it's been really cool because I obviously, yeah, I was producing and directing a lot back in Jersey, but mm-hmm. I, I stepped, stepped back from it a little bit in the past two years. So now it's kind of fun to get back, back into it again. Yeah. Uh, what do you like most about producing? I think just having the the creative control to mm. to really, you know, set the tone of, yeah. of what these commercials are really going to be. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, I think as an editor, you have a lot of creative control, but you can only use the footage that you have, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so as a producer, you can kind of, you know, you have it. You're the only one who can who can uh, set the tone for the direction of of the piece and yeah. what narrative is, is end up you know, going to come from that. So I really love being able to go to dealerships, especially like we do a lot of auto work and, um, and what's really unique about it is that, you know, like you think a lot of all these car dealerships are the same, right? Like we're going to, you know, 10,000, you know, CDJR dealerships (laughs) or Ford dealerships or Uh whatever, you know, they're all like, they're all branded the same way. But what's really cool is to, you know, be able to interview the the owners or general managers yeah, or sales yeah. team, service staff and all that kind of stuff and sit them down and be like, well, what makes you guys different, you know, yeah. from any other, you know, dealership around in the area. And it's, it's actually been really, really cool to, to be able to separate a lot of these dealerships oh. and, um, yeah, yeah. And have them, you know, in these commercials we do, it's all narrative driven work. Yeah. So we're trying to do That's really cool. higher end commercials. Yeah. So it's, all narrative driven and then we just kind of um supplement that with um driving footage that we we do on our own yeah. so we get the cameras on the road and film the cars and uh and dealership b-roll and service and kind of just you know mash all this kind of stuff together to yeah. create a local spot but um but it's still narrative driven and, and unique to that dealership 
Sweet. That I mean, that sounds like a really interesting documentary. Like now, like when you were describing what you guys do, I'm like, that'd be a pretty interesting documentary movie to make about like all the dealerships in America in a sense. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's that, really interesting. Yeah. It sounds like, like I, I, I'd love to hear like some of the answers those people have. Like, like, cause I, I feel like you would hear, you feel like, I mean, it assume for me, like you'd hear the same answers. Yeah. And you do hear a lot of the same answers, yeah. right? Like, Every every single dealership is programmed the same way, where they yeah. try to say that we're all like a family yeah, yeah. and we treat you well, and you know we, you know we we only care about getting you into the car that you want to be in, and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, so when we go to the dealerships, it's the directors and producers' job to really figure out, like, hey, I know you, I know you're programmed to tell me that you guys are a family and that you only care about the customer, but like what's really different about yeah. you guys. And usually there's, there is always something unique about yeah. a dealership. They just like, they don't, they don't realize what they have underneath their mm-hmm. nose until someone like a company like us comes out and really picks them apart. Which yeah. Is, uh, so that's been, it's been really interesting. What, what was the most interesting thing you heard? If you were, if you remember, I'm kind of curious now. Oh man. Uh, so many, I mean, so we, really, yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, actually recently we went to a, um, I actually wasn't even, I was supposed to produce this one, but yeah. I ended up get, catching the flu a couple of weeks ago. Ooh, I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, I know. So I did all the pre-pro on it and then we had to get a, one of our producers out in New Orleans to cover for me, um, and go out and actually execute it. But, yeah. um, it was a, it was a dealership in Claxton, Georgia, which is mm. in the middle of nowhere, really. And, mm. uh, like an out, a couple hours from Savannah, Georgia mm. for reference. And, um, the dealer was actually a pecan farmer. Like he had really? his own pecan farm. That's cool. And <laughs> yeah. And he can, he considers himself a farmer first, but then he also owns a Chevy dealership in the town. And, um, and so we kind of told that whole story of like, you know, Hey, this owner, his name's Kyle. And yeah. he, uh, he's a pecan farmer and he's well-respected in the, in the local community. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loves him. He supplies everybody with <laughs> with pecans and other, um, you know, vegetables or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And, um, so, and, and we kind of like, you know, uh, we had a great producer to fill in for me. He went out there, he interviewed Kyle on his farm, like in his, on his kitchen table, essentially. Nice. And, uh, he ended up getting the guy to break the, I mean, the guy broke down and actually yeah. like cried. He got so emotional about, um, about supporting his community and, and how, you know, lucky he is to be able to, to provide in yeah. so many regards for, for the people of that town and, um, and how relatable, you know, those two businesses really are, you know, whether it be yeah. a farmer or an owner of a dealership, like there's a lot of parallels there. So to be able to actually, you know, use that as a narrative. And then, you know, we took a, uh, a Chevy truck out on, mm-hmm. on his farm and he drove that around. We got some drone shots oh, shit. on the farm and re- really dr- like, you know, draw that parallel yeah. between the pecan farm and the dealership. I mean, things like that. I mean, he, you never think that you would you would do that, let alone no. see something like that on TV. No, so it's, it's pretty unique. This is that, oh my god! I really like. I really want to see a fucking movie now about this. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like you're really selling this. You're selling a. You're selling this whole like thing about what you do with the automotives and like going to agent like different uh, automotive places and like talking about what's unique to like in their at their store. Like that's selling me a and b. I'm like your job sounds awesome. Like I'm jealous of your job. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely really it's it's a lot of fun, yeah. and like I said, it's kind of a it's a little bit it's 
more, you know, corporate and structured, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say, than my prior work at in New Jersey. But at the same time, like it's it's almost just as um, freeing yeah. creatively as as those those jobs were. As are well, you so. are you going out with a big crew, small crew? Like, what's the typical crew size? Or are you just the crew by yourself? Now, so um, as a uh, all, what I really like about um, about working for Gray is we actually I was recruited by. Um, um, his name's Brad mm. and uh, he actually works at, or he was coming from NASCAR. So okay. NASCAR's headquarters is in, is in Charlotte. So, um, you know, Raycom, which was the company at the time, they had recruited Brad to build out this internal creative team. And he's mm. an Emmy award uh, winning producer and director oh, wow. uh, when he was at NASCAR. And so he's, you know, well-respected and mm. I look up to him as a mentor. Yeah. Um, so having him has been great because he kind of built out this, team and one of his big things was you know if we're going to do this right let's do it and yeah. um you know let's make sure we hire enough people um to be able to, to be successful in this yeah, field yeah. and you know i so uh, essentially you know we we started with a couple of, uh actually we were supposed to have like one editor per every two regions okay so like we have the the charlotte or southeast region which is you know my region. So anything without within four hours driving distance of Charlotte. And then we had, um, a Louisville team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the same exact team here in Charlotte, we duplicated in Louisville in that yeah. region. Um, and that's the model. So we pretty much have a producer, mm-hmm. a DP and an editor in all of those regions. Um, and yeah. then we also have a salesperson and a media planner. Oh, cool. In those regions as well. That's so, right. That sounds yeah. awesome. I'm yeah. jealous. I think we're hiring, man. So. Oh, well, I don't know about moving, man. I have too much family out here. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if they have a Las Vegas region, I'm I'm down for that, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Keep, keep me in mind. But hopefully it's not like 10 years from now. Yeah, man. For sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so do you do, what else do you do down in uh, Charlotte? Like, how, like I, I think you mentioned Hurricane Games. Do you do that still from time to time? Or because of this job, you kind of can't do as much anymore? Oh uh, yeah, well, um, so the Panthers. I was. Yeah, with sorry, for, Panthers. Um, wow, I'm sorry. Yeah, now you're good. Well, you're in the right region. It's okay. a Different sport. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I um, I was just looking for some freelance opportunities. Yeah. Um, because at the time when we were still Raycom, it was a little. I was a little worried that like things weren't going to work out, and I didn't want to get like caught with being laid off and not having a job. So yeah. Um, I, I was starting to look around and I ended up connecting with um, the manager of production over at the, the Carolina Panthers. And um, we ended up having a couple of good conversations yeah. and it just so happened that like at the time he was in search for a, an editor for the upcoming season, football mm-hmm. season. So, um, so I interviewed with him and, and uh, it was a good fit. So I ended up um, editing for the whole the whole season, I started yeah. in June during the preseason, and I literally um, have been going up until about a month ago. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a lot more involved mm-hmm. than I thought it was going to be, which I, I mean I'm thankful for because yeah. it was a great experience. But uh, at the same time, it was just it was so much. It was almost like working full two full time jobs. Oh, wow. What I would do is I would I would go into gray mm-hmm. from um, like. 8 a.m., 8 or 9 a.m. to like 
four mm-hmm. and then I would leave there and go right to the stadium and get oh, wow. to the stadium at like four thirty or five. And then I work at the stadium from, you know, five to, you know, nine, 10, 11 or 12, depending on, on the day. Holy um, moly. Was, was it a far drive yeah. from each thing too? Like was, how was it at least a closer commute? So you're not like driving like an hour to the stadium or like 30 minutes to the stadium. I mean, I mean, obviously it's probably in the same yeah. town or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I live up. I live in the downtown area of Charlotte. Yeah. They call it uptown. Uh, but uh, so the stadium is actually like a couple blocks from my apartment. So oh, okay. I can actually walk to the stadium. But um, but my regular full time job with Gray mm-hmm. is about like a fifteen minute drive okay. with no traffic, and there's always traffic. So yeah. it's usually about like twenty or thirty minutes. So. Oh, okay, so not it's not that bad of a of a drive. It's not new. It's it's not New Jersey traffic. Now it's it's not New Jersey traffic, but it's getting there. There's a lot oh, of people oh, that are really? moving down to this to this area for oh, sure. Oh wow! So holy yeah. shit! Um, so do you do anything else besides? And are you doing any freelance like film stuff out in the community as well? Just wondering, or no? Just no. I mean, I didn't really have the time. I was so mm-hmm. involved with with the Panthers yeah. there, and and that opportunity was like so cool to me. Yeah. Um So like, I, I didn't want to. I really, I literally didn't have time yeah. to do much of anything. I really put a lot of things on hold okay. um, to work that to work that job, which yeah. was which was great. Uh, honestly, like we were, we were editing. I mean, he uh, the manager of production. He was doing a lot of the the editing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have a he would hire a lot of crews to capture really cool creative content, mm-hmm. but um, he was like the only one editing, and and he was responsible for all the content that went out onto the jumbotron oh, wow. on game day. Um, so he was solely responsible for all that. So to be able to work with him and, and help him edit, you know, I was, I jumped right in and I would edit mm-hmm. a lot of content for, for the boards. Um, yeah. and a lot of it was like sponsored content. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would do like, we would do like, um, say, you know, uh, horizon blue cross blue shield, yeah. you know, wanted to do a sponsored piece, uh, and they were like, all right, we want like this much ad time, you know, you guys come up with a creative concept and then, um, you know, we'll pay for it type of thing. So my manager would come up with the concepts and then I, you know, I would edit, yeah. you know, a, a one minute, uh, highlight from the last Panthers win mm-hmm. and then, you know, flap horizons, uh, um, you know, logo on there and, yeah. uh, you know, call it a, call it an edit. And then it would just go out on up to the jumbotron for, for game days and stuff. So like that kind of stuff was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But besides that, you know, like, like I said, there really wasn't much time to do anything else. I think the only other freelance gig I took was, um, when the NBA all-star game was, was here in Charlotte. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah. And the marketing company for the Jordan brand, um, they needed a, a videographer to just go out and kind of, capture all of their Jordan branding. Like they had billboards and several activations around the city. So I would, you know, I took the drone out. I got all the, the billboards in the city and, um, and all like the wall. Um, they had like branding on the side of buildings and stuff like that. So I captured all that and then, you know, filmed it also with my camera and got a couple of time lapses during, you know, the all-star game night with people walking by, you know, underneath their Jordan signs and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And then I kind of just handed the footage off to them. They used it for marketing purposes, but that was the only other freelance gig I think I took on. But nice. it was fun. Well, now I have a question too. Do you, are you a Panthers fan? You complete the fifth if you're, if you're not now. 
<laughs> I'm not a Panthers fan. I'm a Giants fan, uh, which which was rough. But yeah. I mean, both teams both teams really were awful this season. So yeah, that's true. Uh, so I guess I guess it was fine. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I let everybody know there that I was a Giants fan. I wasn't okay. hiding it. You're <laughs> wearing Giants uh, apparel to like the Panthers fucking uh, stadium. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I didn't go that far, but I, at least I would tell him. Maybe, maybe I would hide, hide it a little bit more if I was full time. But yeah. I mean, I was like, eh, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Um, so Austin, we're getting to the end of the podcast. So last two questions for you are, um, actually, wait, I have a question before the last two questions. Any other plans for twenty twenty that you're like any things you're trying to accomplish goal wise this year, in job or maybe uh, outside of your job too in in the freelance world. Uh, I mean, I just, I want to keep going down this producing path yeah. and I'm really enjoying it right now. And I think I just really want to focus on continuing to tell these unique mm-hmm. stories through, through commercial work mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of see, see where I can take that. I think it's been really interesting for me to, uh, to kind of jump into this role now. Yeah. And, um, and I think I really want to try to do more, um, more big time commercial shoots, mm-hmm. you know, where we're actually hiring, you know, the help of outside crews yeah. with gaffers and electric. And, uh, because that's kind of what we were doing in Texas this past week with a, with a health commercial. And it was just more nice. creative work. It was, I mean, it was still, you know, all of the projects that we do are really creative, but this was, you know, script based and we yeah. hired actors and talent for, it. and it was just, we had a lot of time to plan and pre pro and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so I want to do more of that kind of stuff for sure. Cool. Cool, man. And then this is now the second last question. Uh, any last bit of advice uh, nugget that you want to give to the people out there listening to? Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is an industry that you have to, you have to love, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you want to be successful and, you know, you can't expect to just, you know, work, you know, when you're told and then just expect to be successful. And you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of time where, you know, you have to put in yeah. <laughs> more hours than you might not want to, yeah, yeah. um, to be able you know, and I'm still on that road, you know, and yeah. that's why I'm grinding and, and, you know, you know, taking that second job and, mm-hmm. you know, putting some of my social life on, on the back burner because I realized that you have to really put in the work and, and become, you know, known in the industry. And, and, uh, I think it's all about connections, right? So yeah. like, if, I, I always tell people that like, you know, if you want to do the work, just, you know, be nice. Mm-hmm. Don't be an asshole and, yeah. and, and, uh, and you'll be successful, right? Yeah. Like you can always learn, you can always learn these skills. And, uh, as long as you have like a creative twitch in your body, like I, I think as long as you're a nice person mm-hmm. and you're honest and you don't try to screw anyone over, yeah. like, I think that's the biggest piece of advice I can give anyone. It's a good piece of advice. It's a good, it's a great piece of advice. And then, and then last question for you is if you'd like to give it away, what is your social media for people to follow you? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually, it's so funny. I don't even use uh, social media as much as I, as mm-hmm. I really should, but yeah. my Instagram handle is, uh, A U S T underscore King K I N G. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, you can just find me on Facebook or whatever or LinkedIn. I really like LinkedIn. I, I use that a lot. So just find me Austin King, um, uh, and connect with me. Awesome, man. And uh, thank you for being on the podcast. And thank you guys again for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, TuneIn Radio, and 
probably some oh and uh some other things too i can't remember exactly but you'll find us somewhere if you have one of those services also remember guys i can't do this without you so thank you for listening it's been a pleasure austin again uh talking to you and you know hearing your story and your journey and again guys you are my frame chasers i love you guys so have a great day have a great week have a great month have a great year and we'll catch you next time on chasing the frame that's next wednesday peace